Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, our Senior Pastor, Dr. Charles Redmond, joins us for a very special Christmas message, Had Jesus Not Come to Bethlehem. If you'll open your Bible to the Gospel of Luke, in chapter number two is where we're going to be in a moment or so, and get your bulletin, because in a little bit, we'll jot down a thing or two. But you know, as I as I think about what we're going to look this morning, I'm reminded that during this month, during this month, in sermons and in music, we will hear about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Over and over, we're going to hear that. Not only that, on Christmas Eve, many families, ours would certainly be one of those, but many, many families on Christmas Eve in the midst of whatever they're doing in their home, or maybe even Christmas Day, somebody in the family will either get or be asked to get their Bible and read the Christmas story. And probably they'll read out of the Gospel of Luke in chapter number two, where I've asked you to turn. And as they read the Christmas story, it's very, very interesting. They will only go down as far as verse number four. In fact, if you look in your Bible, In Luke chapter 2 and verse 4, it tells us that Joseph, uh, he went up from where he was in Galilee. He went out of the city of Nazareth. He went to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, where he and Mary would be. And of course, where the birth of Jesus would take place. Now, many of you have been to Bethlehem. All of those who go to the Holy Land, on most trips, there are times because of political issues, you cannot actually go into Bethlehem. But in recent years, all of the groups have been going to Bethlehem. And when we go, we're able to go and go inside of the Church of Nativity. And then we go down into a little cave where tradition says was the birthplace of Jesus. It's one of the most moving things. We have a picture. I'm not sure who made the picture, but we have a picture from years ago when John and Joel were small boys and they had gone down with us into that cave. And we have a picture where they're both kneeling right in front of the little spot where that star is. And I wouldn't take anything for that picture The truth is that picture's in my heart and will always be in my heart. But that whole journey is quite such a journey. And of course, as you think about Bethlehem, you know, that word means uh, house of bread. In Hebrew, the word Beth, B-E-T-H, means house. And the last part of that word Bethlehem, Ham, means bread. So the word means house of bread because In Old Testament times, that region was a region that grew a lot of grain, and it got its name Bethlehem because of that. And, and of course, Jesus 
I've often thought of this. He's the bread of life, and he was born in the what? House of bread. That's just a good way to kind of remember that. Bethlehem is such a special place. And as, as Golgotha's message is God is for us, and Pentecost's message is God is in us, Bethlehem's message is that God is with us. And it is a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous thing to know. Wherever we go, whatever we go through, always God is with us. And we are blessed because of that. Had Jesus not come to Bethlehem, there would be no solution to our sin problem. And as you ponder that, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Now, it's also a very important thing. I wish you'd take your bulletin because let us jot down something as we begin to ponder that. You see, had Jesus not come to Bethlehem, you think about that. Many people, the fact is, do not understand they have a sin problem. Had he not come to Bethlehem, there'd be no solution to our sin problem. But I'm convinced that many, many people do not understand they have a sin problem. Now, they may well understand they sin, most do. But as far as thinking about personally having a sin problem and the source of our sin problem is the sinful, fallen nature of mankind. And we read about it in Genesis chapter number 3, where Adam and Eve in the garden, they disobeyed what God said. And when they did, sin entered the world. They were separated from the very presence of God. And from that moment on, that sin nature has passed down to every single person born or will be. You're in the gospel of Luke. Turn over, if you will, in the book of Romans in chapter number five. In one little verse, it kind of tells the whole situation. In Romans chapter number five, if you look in verse 12, the Bible says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, talking about Adam and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned. See, we have to understand, we must understand that at that very moment, this nature, this sinful fallen nature just passed right along to every single person born, to you and to me and to all of us. It's part of our spiritual DNA. And actually, it, it started with you and it started with me at the very point of the conception in our mother's womb. I want you to turn back in the book of Psalms. It's one of those must mark verses in Psalm 51. And we'll wait a moment for you to find it, but you must mark this verse. In Psalm 51, if you look down in verse number five, of course, David is confessing his sins but notice what he says in verse 5. He said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So what David is saying, he is saying, My fallen sinful nature began at conception. 
True for David, true for you, true for everybody. We are born with a sin nature. You know, as I think about that, I think about like dogs. Have you ever noticed dogs act like dogs? <laughs> they do. Even trained dogs are dogs. Cats act like cats. Horses act like horses. Cows act like cows. Have you ever noticed this? People act like sinners because they're people. That's why a dog acts like a dog. A dog acts like a dog because a dog's a dog. Whether it's a smart dog or dumb dog, a dog is a dog. And a little dog's just going to come out every now and then of them. Well, it's the same way with mankind. We people, we are sinners. We were born this way. This is our nature. And so many times they say, well, I just can't believe I thought that. I just can't believe I did that. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. We have a problem. It's our fallen, sinful nature. We, that's just who we are. We are all sinners. And that is so important for us to understand. In fact, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that word sin, S-I-N, it's just the word the Bible uses for all the things we do and think and say that do not measure up to God's standard. God's standard is perfection, and none of us measure up to perfection. Not a one of us. The Bible is very clear about that. I explain it to boys and girls this way, that sin is anything that we do or fail to do that makes God unhappy. Now that's a boy-girl way of understanding sin, but God looks and God sees things all of us do that, that grieve his heart, that quench the Holy Spirit, that grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, makes God unhappy. Well, the Bible just calls that sin. And the problem is, is that what, the, the, what sin does, sin separates us from God. Like when we were born, if you let this fist be God and this fist be you, here you were born. Had you died when you were a little baby, the Bible's very clear, you would have gone to heaven. But one day you begin to know right from wrong, and you choose to do wrong. The Bible calls that sin, and what we do, what you do, what I do, separate ourselves from God. And what separates us from God is sin. That's what the Bible's talking about. And of course, Jesus, here's the good news. See, many people understand that they sin, but I fear, I fear most people believe that, but many people don't understand they have a sin problem. It's like an addiction, whether it be alcohol, or drugs, or gambling, or pornography, or whatever the addiction may be. When a person starts going down one of those roads, in the first part of that road, <laughs> They, they say, you know, I, can, I don't have any problem with this. I can stop anytime I want to. But there's a point out there. There's a point out there where they become addicted. And, and they, they can't stop. The thing has a hold on them. Well, but for a long period of time, and for some people, they never will admit that they have an addiction. Well, it's the same way with sin. We all know we sin. But we never think about, do I have an addiction of sin? Well, many people don't understand uh, that they have a sin problem. 
But there's good news in this. And the good news is there's a solution, but there's only one solution. And I hope you'll jot this down in your bulletin. Jesus is the only solution to our sin problem. But he is the solution. Now you have a, you, we all sin. And hopefully there was a time in your life where you realized you had a sin problem. We'll deal with that in a moment. But the fact of the matter is there is a solution to our sin problem. Now, the word solution in this context that I use this morning, a solution is simply a means to solving a problem. Now, like we all have problems from time to time. Now, when we have a problem, what do we, what do we want? We want a solution. What do we mean by that? Well, we want to figure out how to solve that problem. Okay. And, and sometimes we have a problem and we say, you know, I know this might be the solution to my problem that I have, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to kind of do it. I'm going to do a solution B or solution C. For example, there are many examples, but I'm going to use this one. If you live in a home that was built in like, in the, say 85, okay, uh, and earlier, probably your home has galvanized water pipes. Now, you, you, don't pin me down to one year, but in that, in that realm of time. That's just the water pipes that people had put in their homes. Don't we have a galvanized water pipe we can put up on the screen? There we come. There, that's a bad galvanized water pipe. Well, that's kind of what happens to these galvanized water pipes. Over a period of time, two things happened. They, they kind of clog up. Those are clogged up. But not only do they clog up, they, they, they begin to leak. And when they start that, they're going to leak right through the sheetrock. It's just going to be a mess. So about 85, people said, well, you know, builders said we need to do something different. And so they started using copper pipes. Now, back then, copper was not all that much more expensive than galvanized. Now, that's not true today. Copper and other metals went up. So people, they said, no, what we're going to do, we're going to go. To, so a person has a, has a galvanized pipe, and it, and it begins to leak. So what is the solution? Well, the solution is they're going to need to replace the galvanized pipes with copper pipes. Or there really is another good solution. About 10 or 12 years ago, it started in Europe, and it came to America. People, builders, plumbers started using PEX pipes. And I have, I have a picture of one of those. Like just to look at one, it looks kind of like a PVC pipe, except it's flexible. And it's much less expensive to install than the copper because it's flexible. And especially if you're repiping a house, it's far, far less expensive. Doesn't mean it's not as good. It means the labor time to put it in will be less than it would with the copper pipes. Now let's just look at those pipes. So a person has these galvanized pipes and they're getting all clogged up. Water pressure's not very good. Of course, worse than that, they're drinking that mess. Ooh, I almost want to ask people when I go in their house, do you have galvanized pipe? I just don't want to drink that stuff. But anyway, there it is. I say, man, I got, I got to find a solution to this problem. You say, okay, I need to, I need to fix this thing. So 
actually, solution A would be just to take out all the galvanized pipe and put in copper or pegs, either one. But some people might say, well, that's the solution A, but that's going to cost a lot of money. going to be a mess on top of that. I think what I'll do, I'll just get the plumber to come, and on this little section where I have a leak, I'm going to cut this sheetrock out and fix just that little section. And that won't be such a bad deal. So that's solution B. Of course, solution B is just putting it off is kind of what it is because it's going to be leaking over here somewhere, leaking over here somewhere. somewhere. Okay, well, I guess there's other solutions. Maybe you, I've, not, I've never read this. Maybe you could put super glue on that thing. I don't know. Just stop it up, cut the sheetrock out and put, tape it up. I don't know. Well, there's a lot of little solutions, but the, but the real solution, if you have galvanized pipes and they're leaking, is to put in either copper or PEX pipes. That'd be the solution. But it costs money, it's a mess, so sometimes we say, well, I, I'm going to go to solution B, or I'm going to go to solution C, or I'm going to go to solution D. Now, folks, listen to me. We do the exact same thing with sin. We have a sin problem. And people, now, solution A is Jesus. Jesus came to Bethlehem. Not only that, he went 30 plus years later to Golgotha. He hung on a cross, shed his blood to pay our sin debt. Now he is the solution. But here's what happens. Oh, hear me people on this. Many people say, you know, what I'm going to do, I know I'm a sinner. I need to, you know, in case I die, hey, don't ever wonder about that. You will. You know, people say, if I die, I will say, oh, you're going to, don't, don't if I die to it. The only if is when we die, we will die. And somewhere our soul will spend eternity. So we say, well, here, I've got to get this thing fixed. So I'm going to solution B. People don't realize what they're doing. Let me tell you some solutions, B's and C's and D's and E's that people try to use to take care of their sin problem. They say, well, I better join the church. I better get baptized. I better try to live a good life. I better give money to the church. I, I need to do some good deeds. I better get religion. I better, I better get religious the way I live my life. In fact, hey, I believe in God. Isn't that a solution? Folks, listen. The only solution to our sin problem is Jesus. In fact, had Jesus not come to Bethlehem, for example, 2 Corinthians 5.21 wouldn't even be true. That verse says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus is the solution to your sin problem, my sin problem, Everybody's sin problem. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning that are very, very important questions. First of all, question number one, has there ever been a time in your life when you realized you had a sin problem? Now, I didn't ask, has there been a time in your life you realized you sinned? No, we all, 
mean, I mean, a person that's probably not even thought about being a Christian would admit that they sin. I've never encountered anybody that thinks they're perfect. But my question to you is not about them. My question to you is about you. Has there been a time in your life where you have ever realized that you have sinned? Because hear me carefully. If a person has never had a time in his or her life where they realized they were lost, there's no way in the world they could be saved. You, you can't be saved if you don't know you're first lost. You say, well, what, what happened? Well, exactly what happens. Good people say, you know, I need to join a church. Well, Christians do need to join a church. I need to get baptized. Yes, Christians need to get baptized. Bobby just baptized, but you didn't baptize him to save him. You baptized him because he already was saved. It's an act of obedience. The, the point is, has, the question is, has there ever been a time in your life where you realized that you had a sin problem? Now, for a child, I was saved as a child. I, I sure, I, I don't think a child would would, would have the same enormity of sin problem that an adult would. But yet, even as a child, I gave all of me that I knew to all of God that I knew. But I had the Holy Spirit convince me that I was born into sin and needed to ask God's forgiveness. Now, question number two, uh, hopefully everybody in this room has said, yes, there has been a time I've realized I have a sin problem. Well, question number two is, what solution did you choose to solve your sin problem? That's the most important question there is. What, what solution did you choose? And I hope what you did was said, I'll know exactly what I chose. I chose Jesus. He's the one who came to Bethlehem. And had he not come to Bethlehem, there would be no solution to my sin problem. Now this morning, I want you to bow with me. What I always fear is how many people that go to church very faithfully will one day get out and stand before Jesus that really believe with all of their heart they're going to heaven who've never really been saved. What did you choose to solve your sin problem? And I'm saying to you this morning, if you chose church membership, baptism, Lord's Supper, giving money to the church, living a good life, being a good person, even believing there's a God, if any of those would be your choice, I'm saying to you this morning, You've never been saved. But I'm also saying to you this morning, you can be saved. You can settle your salvation on this December Sunday morning. It'll be the greatest thing you've ever done. If you've never done that or not sure, would you just pray it right now? Just pray it right now in your heart to the heart of God. From your heart to the heart of God. Just say, God, this morning, I'm going to settle my salvation. I'm trusting Jesus Christ alone and his shed blood for the forgiveness of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you came to Bethlehem. And then you went to Golgotha. And then you went on to heaven. And one day you're coming back. I'm going to meet you in there. And I'm going to spend eternity with you. And I'm going to be with you, God. And all of those who are thine forever and for always. We hope that today's message, Had Jesus Not Come to Bethlehem, has been a blessing to you. You can find this message, along with many others, on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond. We at Peace by Believing wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas.